Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. I have talked a lot about groups, labels, victims, and the dangers of people identifying as them. Personally, I was definitely guilty of this in the past, and it is now a daily struggle not to lapse back into that. Years ago, I identified as a small business owner or a family business owner. I was so proud of my family's history, I chose that over my family because that was my identity. It got all of my energy and my resources and whatever was left I brought home to my wife and kids. And spoiler alert, it was not a fraction of what my customers and employees got. I fell into this trap. I was so busy identifying as a provider, and that's all I did. And because I was good at it, it was very easy to justify the carnage that was left in my wake. Hey, just working hard over here, you know? Don't be mad at me. I'm just working. I've been making myself feel better by saying to my friends, like, oh, it's not like I'm going all golfing every day. I'm working. You know, surely that makes me exempt from any duties at home and responsibilities at home, right? Work was my identity, and it owned me. I convinced myself that I loved it, that I was good at it, and I'm not sure those two things were ever true. I mean, did the company make money and employ a bunch of people and take really good care of its customers? Yes, the company was very good at its job, but my wife didn't marry the company. She married a man, a man who she thought was going to be her man first, and a business owner who happens to go to work second. And having gone through this in my own life and come out on the other side, I can tell you how worth it it is to me to stop identifying as a provider and escape the self-destructive and marriage-destructive jurisdiction that my career had over me. And also, having gone through it, I can spot this a mile away now. I can see that young mother on the beach with two young kids while dad's at work and she's parenting hard and it's killing her. I'm watching the sanity get eroded away with every wave that hits the beach. I'm seeing in her all the stuff my wife was trying to tell me in her cry for help, which I couldn't hear because, hey, I was working. Sorry, honey, I have complete strangers that don't give a shit about me, don't even know who I am, couldn't pick me out of a lineup, you know, that require all my time and energy. And when I hear about a young couple with young kids breaking up, I can't help but wonder if the provider myth has claimed another victim. All the boxes are checked, right? Owns his own business, works really hard at his job. She stays home with the kids. And then, and then, and then it gets worse because he ramps up his work game because, hey, we got kids, need to provide more. And since we're all men, all we can think of is material shit to provide. Sorry, ladies, we are evolutionarily retarded and we only came with a food, shelter, clothing default. I know all you need is a hug. I know all you need is for us to make coming home and helping a priority. I know all you need is an actual partner to help you with your Herculean responsibility of raising children. But I got spreadsheets to play with. I got work lunches to go to. Shit, I might even have to drive a truck today. Got no time to invest in our future. I'm busy investing in my company. How else do you get all this nice shit? and have the luxury of staying home. Shocker, most marriages don't last, huh? Because we identify as providers, staying home is somehow easier than going to work. 
In our warped man brain, one needs to leave the house to provide, so those who stay behind get to play house. And here's something to really consider. Realize, then come to grips with. If you have a wife and kid or kids, and she stays home while you go to work, she is most likely outworking you. If she is parenting hard, trying to do the right thing and spend time with her kids, interact with her kids, have amazing experiences with her kids, teach her kids, put it this way, if she wants to be the one raising her children and not outsourcing the job to an iPad, TV, computer, iPhone, daycare, God forbid, public school, she is probably outworking you. Try and be self-aware of your day. How much time are you working versus away from the house? Her workday starts when the kids get up, or most likely before, you know, need time to prep for the day while you can, and her day doesn't end till those kids are sleeping and tomorrow's to-do lists are completed, and you can't understand why she's never in the mood. From the crack of dawn, she's on the clock, making every meal, changing every diaper, wipe, washing every piece of clothing, drying every piece of clothing, hanging up every piece of clothing that cannot go in the dryer, all while changing the water temps and soap depending on what she's washing, cleaning up the constant hurricane that seems to be making landfall in every room the kids go in, being the activity planner, taking that three-ring circus on the road in public, which also requires packing up half the house so she has everything she may need, just in case, being responsible for everything, start to finish, front and back. And if she doesn't do it, it doesn't get done. And that's just the beginning. I haven't even gotten to all the invisible shit she does because there's a household that still needs to be run and maintained during this whole parenting thing. She's the warehouse supervisor, the inventory supervisor, the purchasing supervisor, while stocking the shelves in her spare time. Did I mention she has to read all the fucking labels to make sure she's not feeding her family toxic processed shit? Remembering all the allergies, the kids' preferences that change on a weekly basis, usually after you stock up on a favorite item from the previous week. And that's just the pantry. Now you can apply that level of detail, effort, and work for the refrigerator, the freezer, under the sink, cleaning supplies, all the fucking closets in the house, all the bathrooms in the house. And that's just the shit I know about and can put into words. I'm not even sure how the scotch tape, scissors, stamps, envelopes, office supplies fit into this whole thing. But you get my point. Homegirl is doing several hundred jobs per day while having kids hanging on both their legs. Oh, and then she try to shoehorn in taking care of herself in there somewhere too. The luxuries of doing her hair, shaving her legs, pits, and bush are the first to go. There's barely time to pee and pick your wedge. Again, that's just the stuff we know about. Now let's take a look at our day, fellas. We wake up when we need to. Not one second sooner. Do our morning routine in complete peace and serenity. Kiss the wife and the kids goodbye and stroll to your car by yourself. Once in your car... You control everything that will go on from here on out. You want the windows down? Radio up? Go for it. Whatever you want. It's just you. You roll into work. You shoot the shit with every other person there without their kids. Make a few phone calls. Write some emails. Read some emails. Delegate some shit to other people. You put in about a good solid, what, four, six hours of work if we're being honest. The rest of that time is having snacks, drinking coffee, talking with coworkers, driving around, going to lunch, digesting from lunch, scrolling on Facebook, Instagram, fucking fantasy football, maybe check out some porn. Hey, then it's time to head home and eat a meal that's been prepared for you. Have a drink or two to unwind because, hey, 
Dad needs a minute, kids. He's been busy. Got some liquid patience in you. Now you can help with bedtime, which we classify as work on our scoreboard because men think anything they don't want to do is work. But we are unable to extend that same courtesy to our wives for some genetic reason. Okay, who worked harder? Nick, when I go to work, I crush it. I'm seeing client after client. I go from one to the next. I don't take lunch. I piss in a pole and spring bottle in the car while driving to my next client. All I do is work. Ah, yes, the super provider who cannot say no to his customers. And I recently spent a day with one of my super provider friends, and he told me he feels like he has to accommodate his customer schedule. So he asks them, hey, what time works for you? And he books jobs that way. So guess when he works? Fucking always. I get home from work at 6 p.m. No problem. I'll be there. Well, I'm only home on Sundays, but then I play pickleball at 10. So like 8 a.m., no problem. He told me that's how he schedules, and I missed my opportunity to respond because we got interrupted. So I'm going to send him this episode as my reply. I wanted to remind him of how special and unique he is. He is very good at a very specific job where there is a tremendous demand and not really other sources of supply. So it feels to me he has the market cornered, but currently the market has him cornered. I wanted to tell him, you set your days and hours you want to be available. What works for your family, not what works for them. Oh, but they're my customers. You need to accommodate your customers when you're just starting out or when that's the biggest pro that you're bringing to the table. Well, he's not that great, but he can work around my schedule. When you have something everyone needs, you have leverage. And when you have something everyone wants, they need you more than you need them. But I'll lose clients. I don't Maybe. Maybe you will. You don't even know that. You're just making that up in your head. And if that is the case, then charge more. Right? Figure out what your time is really worth. More importantly, figure out how much time away from your family is worth. Because there's a balance you can find that gives you the flexibility to still be the provider you need to be, but more importantly, it gives you the flexibility to be the man you need to be to your wife and your kids. Which brings me back to the dangers of identifying as a provider or really anything, an employee, a citizen, Democrat, Republican, a, a victim, identifying as anything other than a man or a woman. Being a man or a woman matters. A man who occasionally goes to a job and maybe fixes computers, who is also maybe taking on the great challenge of raising children, is not controllable because there are no rules that apply to a man. There's no rules that apply to a man to give away their power and authority to another entity. A woman who occasionally goes to a job and maybe looks after patients or who is taking on the great challenge of raising children, she is not controllable because there are no rules that apply to a woman. Rules that convince them to give away their power and authority to another entity. You don't want to be an identified entity that's lost in its own job and then bound and enslaved to its own tasks, if that makes sense. All of the matrix entities get their jurisdiction over you once you start identifying as a label, a group, a victim class, anything other than man or woman. And the main thing you do in your life to give away your power and authority to others is to take on any titles as a means of identification. Because you're not only identifying as a person with limitations, 
you're also now bound by the rules of the game that apply to that title. Just think about that. There are rules that apply to parents. There's not rules that apply to men and women. Identifying as something other than a man or woman is fake and temporary. Think of everything you do that's fake or temporary. Your attachment to fake and temporary shit is how you give your power to society. Regardless of a change in that title, it's still the fake you. All fiction comes with an obligation to the matrix. The title you use binds you to it. The titles, the names, the groups that make us act like someone or something we're not are given permission by us to control us. So words are just sounds and titles are for friggin' business cards. They are not you. The actions and choices you make define who you are. So I am not a provider. I am a man who occasionally goes to work and provides a service to my customers and employees. I am not a podcaster. I'm a man who from time to time writes and records podcasts. I'm not a dad. I am a man who is currently taking up the challenge of raising two girls. I am not a free thinker. I am a man who likes to question my beliefs. So man to man, take a hard look at what you're doing. Don't ignore the pleas from your wife to be home more. Don't make the same mistake I did and think you're doing such a great job providing material things, the rest of the world owes you their gratitude. And to all the women out there who are currently taking on the incredible task of raising kids, thank you for everything you do, the seen and the infinite unseen work you do. Us men were led astray, distracted from what's really important. We are slow learners, but I think we're getting back on the right track.